are listening to Enjoy an Album, the podcast where two comedians listen to the top 500 greatest albums of all time. This week, it's number 421, Arula. By M-I-A. Hello and welcome, as ever, to the Enjoy an Album podcast uh, with your hosts Liam Withdown and Christopher MacArthur Boyd. I would like to start this week's episode with <laughs> an apology to our dear listeners. Listeners, the last two episodes have been blighted by poor audio quality on my side. I was unclear as to what the cause of this uh, poor audio quality was. I tried a number of things to get the quality back to mm-hmm. the usual standard. Uh, put up some more yeah. foam Your padding. Your friend in mine editing, aka uh, Will McKee, who produces this, had to pull you up on this. It was, you know, it's a tense chat. Well, he just said the audio is bad, Liam, and uh, I've said, well, I'm unsure as to why. Mm-hmm. So I've been investigating into what could have possibly mm-hmm. happened on my end. I have found a, a white uh, sock to place over my microphone, perhaps to reduce some of the echo. And whilst I was adding this sock, I realized that my microphone has been pointing in the wrong direction. And I believe that has been the cause of the bad audio in the last few weeks. Now, just to be absolutely clear, so I can paint a picture for you, when I say uh, pointing in the wrong direction, it is a sort of a, an omnidirectional microphone. It's spanned the wrong way. There's two sort of sides to it. It's not like I'm holding the microphone upside down. It is a full circle, and it's just been you know slightly, slightly pointing in the wrong way. So I would like to apologize for the bad audio quality of the previous episodes, and hopefully we are now back to... Um, how you're used to the episodes are sounding. This can be incredibly embarrassing if the audio mm. is still not fixed. And now I'm saying this. You sound great. You sound the best you've ever I believe, sounded. I believe we've fixed the issue and I uh-huh. thank you for your patience. Um, And listen, in this day and age, it takes a big man to stand up and apologize for what he's done. Please don't ruin yeah, Liam's life. Man. Please don't come after me. Uh, please don't try and get me from sacked. From the job he doesn't have. <laughs> from the podcast. Please don't start a letter-writing campaign to Chris. I don't want any Saturday Night Live skits about my fucking transgressions here. Yeah, uh, we'd, we'd like to re- return and just carry on, just like uh, the Try Guys. <laughs> this week, we tried, guys, to listen to an album. It worked! We listened to it. Just want to say thank you. <laughs> it's called a segue, right? Very professional. It's good. It's good. We listened to a good record this week, MIA. Well, spoiler alert, it was good. Spoiler alert, it's a good record. MIA Arula. I just want to thank you, the dear listener, for listening every week or just this one week, whatever. Maybe you're not listening to this, just I want to thank you. Um, Thank you to Will McKee for having the balls, the gumption, the intestinal fortitude. To edit a podcast that that has been taken the flat. To stand up against. Thank you, Will, for being the face of the poor audio quality of this podcast because that's really brave of you mm-hmm. when it was my mistake. Respect to you. But people are giving yeah. him shit. His house has been attacked. Someone spray-painted pedo scum outside his house. And obviously that's unrelated. That's a bit different. That was about, that was about something. That was, but... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This is really bad because there were so many fuck-ups in the recording of this episode that Will has had to edit around. This is one week more than ever in which we should be being incredibly nice and kind to him and you've called him a pedo within the first four minutes. That's I didn't call up. him that. Someone put that on his house, on the driveway. But needless to say... Here's a driveway. He's doing all right. Uh, great guy, great producer, great audio guy. Thanks very much for doing that, Will. Thank you to Mega Slippers for doing the playlist website. We see that already. Thank you to Jay Howlett for uh, updating the Apple Music after I pulled him up, which is a really unacceptable thing to pull someone up for when they voluntarily fucking update a playlist. When they do the job that you were initially yeah, I forgot. assigned. I can't yeah. find the fucking playlist without this website. Anyway, this is a great time. We've had, I mean, we and Liam have really enjoyed. <laughs> this is a great time. This is it's a great time to be alive. Everything's going good great. era of your civilization in the Western world. Humans are doing well. Don't worry about Ukraine. Um, so don't worry about Hungary. 
Don't worry about anything, man. Just think. Do your top two worries. Ukraine and Hungary. A, what's going on with Ukraine? What's going on with Zelensky? What's going on with the neo-Nazi movement over there? What's going on with fucking Putin's regime? I think Zelensky should host Eurovision. With the AK-47 strapped to his chest. Putting it up to fucking Graham Norton's face and saying, what are you saying about the fucking uh, guys with Z's on the chest? Anyway, it doesn't matter what's going on over there, man. Right? Just listen to Kaya. Listen to uh, Maya. Listen to MIA. Have a good time. Thank you so much. Our IP Shins Wabi. Respect to everyone and God bless you. <laughs> Enjoy the episode. Enjoy the episode. See you next time. What's the opposite of a girl next door? Perhaps it might be a radicalised, globalised pop star like M.I.A., an English Tamil writer who provocatively questioned and deconstructed ideas about power and rebellion throughout her first album. She raps and cajoles... Cajoles? She cajoles, for sure. Yeah, she's a big cajoler. That's oh. a word that always throws me, cajoles. I think it's good to be. Is it cajoles? Cajoles. Cajoles. I don't think yeah, it's ca- 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 the album. <laughs> She raps and cajoles in hard-chopping cadences. Quote, I bongo with my lingo, end quote, indeed. And mixes jokes, disses and political insights about the abuse of authority over electronic beats that can sound like New York City electroclash or Brazilian funk. And her hipster hit, Galang, hit as hard as any hip-hop around at the time. Um, so I want to pick up with a weird start to this blurb, which is, what's the opposite of a girl next yeah. door? What a weird... Boy in my house, I think. Why is... What, what, what? I guess because most of the singers that are pop stars are kind of like, you're on the phone with your girlfriend, she's upset, she's going off about... I guess at the time as well, yeah, the, the sort of rising pop star was that, uh, especially in this genre of music, your, your Lily Allens and your Kate Nashes. Amy Winehouse was coming out the next year. She was also not a girl next door. She was also a kind of firebrand, you know? Yeah. So I think it's a bit air. Mm, I, I think... <laughs> Christina Ricci, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, I think it's a little bit Christina Ricci too. I also don't like it when they use terms like she cajoles and quote, as if it's like, uh, she's an interesting type of person, pretty street. I'm a push. I said quote. I added that. Oh, so as you don't like. Okay. Yeah, because well, I'm reading it, and so sometimes the way that the blurb is written is uh, unless I say it's a quote, it, it doesn't make sense. Maybe you could put a voice on or something. Should I be doing an impression of a? You're from London. She's from Tamil rapper. She's from West London. You're uh, from East London. East End boy with a West girl voice. Yeah, I think it might just set up the the tone of the the episode incorrectly so you're not going to be doing any voices or anything i never no i don't do any voice i don't even do my own voice had you heard of uh, the singer mia before this week all i want to do is pew 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 and mm-hmm. ching. take your money um obviously that is a worldwide uh smash but uh i remember um this album sort of being spoken about i mean this is uh, early nme days isn't it um well not early nme days you know, early enemy days was like the stranglers <laughs> but for me sorry yeah for me this was like when i was sort of getting into nme you would hear about this sort of artist she was big on myspace uh but i'm not gonna pretend mm-hmm. i was a big mia head um i was i was certainly aware of her. I've, I've always thought she's a very interesting person um, I remember. Do you remember that that the video she did for um, Born, Free. Born Free? She did that, which features a sample of yeah. Suicide by Suicide Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. The second ever episode we did. So yeah, I didn't obviously I didn't realize that at the time, but going back and listening to that this week, I heard a do 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 do. I'm like, oh shit, I know this song. It's Ghost Rider by Suicide. It's on. The ever-expanding Enjoy an Album companion playlist, Enjoy a Playlist. So I knew that song because I had the cover of Enemy. I had the issue Enemy where she was in the cover talking about that video. And the video for Born Free is like a statement on genocide. Yeah. She was anti-genocide. She was talking about how um, the Sri Lankan government was committing ethnic cleansing on the Tamil people of northern Sri Lanka. And she was posting videos on, like, Twitter with people getting 
their heads shot off and you know bombs put inside them and stuff really fucked up stuff but nobody was really paying attention so she was like i'm gonna do a music video where what if it was ginger people getting shot in the head and being forced to run over yeah. landmined patches of ground and they're blown up what would happen then and everybody hated it but it was class I had the wee, see the image of the wee ginger boy with a gun pushed to his head? I had that on my bedroom wall, cut that out of the enemy and stuck it up there with blue tech. Wow. Uh, but also it can be read as just a sort of satire on any, not not specific to the Tamil people genocide, but any... For the benefit of the listener, I've tilted my head to the side, I've pushed my glasses down to the bridge of my nose, and I've put a face that goes, I, I think you're wrong. Well, you don't think that it could be attributed to any other type of well, I just watched genocide or ethnic cleansing that happens no it's like enough for anybody who hasn't seen the documentary but I've just watched a documentary where she says that's what it's about <laughs> and then it cuts to like our uncle yeah, talking about it can be his read. friends getting murdered by the you know, Sri Lankan government right so, so so let me get this straight so you think uh, a video that satirizes a specific uh, event that happened cannot be read in any way as a statement you can read that I could read the book upside down and go that was very interesting uh, would that, not taking it in, am I? Just making things up in my head. Well, it's not making things up, is it? It's just, it's, you're being, this is... Um, uh, She's talking about the fucking Sri Lankan government. She hates them. Right, okay, let me just be clear. Let me just be absolutely clear. In this video, uh-huh. ginger people are round up and taken out and killed. You don't think that someone maybe with Jewish ancestry or anything like could look at that and they could find some um, comparisons to their own uh, history of, of that. You don't think that? They could do that. You think that's you think that's completely wrong to to look at that and go oh yeah I identify with that you think that you think that's incorrect? It's like if the music of this album reminds me of System of a Down, which is all about they write loads of songs about Armenian genocide because they have Armenian ancestry. A lot of their songs are about that. Yeah. No, and you could go oh you know uh, people have committed genocide against me as well, but you know they're talking about their ancestors. Right. <laughs> I think I think it's a really bizarre take. <laughs> But no, it's not, because it was happening at the time it came out, in like 2010. People were getting rounded up and blown up. and Yeah, it's been going on a lot longer than that. But I... No, it's been going on a lot longer, but this was in 2010. All I said was it can be read as a statement about all other genocides, which it obviously... Yeah, it could be read wrongly as a statement about all genocide. It's not about all genocide, it's about how insane it looks to watch ginger people get out. Like, that's it... mental. But then across the world, it's actually happening in Sri Lanka. People yeah. are getting rounded up, put in buses, shot in the head blown up i obviously i understand that that is what it is specifically about i've done the research on mia over the last week or so i know where she's from and that the majority of her work references this specific political thing but to look at a piece of art and go it is squarely about this and you are wrong to think it could be possibly interpreted as about a broader thing is a fucking insane an insane thing to say and i actually think that this is too <coughs> Hot an argument for us to put in the opening bit of the episode, and that we should restart because I think this is like, a, 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 I think it's a, a, a mental thing, basically on semantics that has gone on to nowhere. Here's what's happened here, and we're not going to restart. Liam's upset because we were supposed to start recording half an hour ago, and I said, "Can I get an extra half hour?" Because I've slept in. So he's got this war in his head, but it's okay. I forgive him. You just say stuff, though, don't you? You just say stuff, and then... Yeah, obviously, I just say stuff. I'm doing a podcast. It's just saying stuff. You're just so stubborn about things that okay. are said, and you're just... Yeah. <laughs> I am grumpy. I'm really grumpy. They, I got up early to do research for the podcast, and when we were supposed to record, you were like, oh, I need to do it now. I could Half have had an, an extra hour in bed, and I really would have loved it. But listen, obviously, you could interpret this video in a lot of different ways, and that's fine. But Liam thinks he's so smart. Let's just bring up a wee segment called Quiz... No, we're way too early. We haven't done loads of stuff. Also, I'd like to introduce you to a concept of, uh, called death of the author, which I'm sure you've heard of, but have also just f- pretended to forget for the uh, state of your own argument there. It's about the Tamil genocides, man. Imagine you watched Schindler's List, right? And you went, I mean, this could happen to a lot of different people. People would be upset. They'd be like, hey, no, this happened to these people. And you're like, no, but I mean, there's loads of stuff that's happened in the past, you know? Well, yeah, but, but I'll, I'll, you know, that is something that, that is an argument about films that are about you know the genocide of the jewish people is that they do have mm-hmm. particular relevance when they're released in modern times because it makes you think about oh god that happened then that could happen now that is happening now it's happening to the the uyghur people in china do you know what i mean it, it has it does have relevance and that is one of the important things about telling these stories is that 
that it is relevant across the world to different groups of people. Agree, disagree. <laughs> One of the first times I was reading about like when paper planes broke. That was the first song I heard by her. I was reading about when it broke and it was like, oh, it was used in the trailer for Pineapple Express. And I was like, I love that film. But I don't remember that song being in it. I don't think it was in the actual film, I think it was just in the trailer. It was in Slumdog Millionaire as well, I think. That that was where, that was, uh, when I went to uni, Slumdog Millionaire first year, oh, yeah. it was like, that was a big film that everybody was talking about. Everywhere you went, have you seen, have you seen Slumdog Millionaire? Oh, amazing. Danny Boyle. <laughs> you know? Your dog loves it as well. Come sit down. Liam was saying Slumdog and uh, Betty thought that... Ah, <laughs> I'm not Slumdog! How dare you! from Portugal? Come on! She was a Slumdog. Spanish. Oh, you were just I'm missing on all angles on today. A lot of different angles. You were being racially insensitive to the Tamil people. That is okay. a horrendous thing to say, even as a joke. How dare you! Kind of that paper plane song. I think the first time I heard it was like 18th birthday parties, probably. It was part of that kind of mega hit playlist of like Mr. Brightside. But this was in the hip hop section with like Gold Digger by Kanye West. There's, I've spoken about a YouTube channel before called Trash Theory. And they have mm. a series called New British Canon. And uh, there's, a, there's an episode on this, on Paper Planes. Which I think is, I think, uh, is a good term for that sort of, uh, you know, sort of last 30 years of... Smash hits of new British yeah, canon. Yes, it is. It is canonized that song. I didn't realize it was such a big hit in America as well. Yeah, well, Slumdog was a uh, uh, Oscar. It was like Best Picture nominee, wasn't it? So it would have found a lot of people that way. But yeah, just a, a global smash. And then she started doing songs with Suicide. Yeah, huge global artists like Suicide. Pretty much all I had in terms of like um, just being a wee guy reading Enemy, and she was in there. And London at that time was quite exciting, and it was when I was like that was when I was first drinking and going out to Camden Town, and and there was this sort of sense that it was like an exciting place mm-hmm. but she was a little bit ahead of, of that really do you think it's not an exciting place anymore no I mean she was a little bit ahead of that particular sort of uh, era of the London music scene of, of uh, you know ele- electronic stuff she she was there before the other big bands that sort of basically surfed on that your your Claxons and your um, New Young Pony Club you think MIA preceded the New Rave movement in terms of influence yeah I would say so especially when she was big on MySpace as well she was one of the first real like she was viral before there was even the word viral um, uh, the songs that we're going to talk about in this album I'm trying to figure out when to squeeze in my new hot segment Listomania I think now's a good time Listomania like a ride, like a ride, yeah. Not easily offended. Now hard to take it slow. That's the intro. MIA is 421 on the list. This record is from 2005. Other records from 2005 include on the list Late Registration by Kanye West, The Carter by Lil Wayne, The Emancipation of Mimi by Mariah Carey, number 389, which I didn't even, I had no idea Mariah Carey was on the list. Are you excited for that? Mariah's on the list. I'm excited. Uh, actually, yes, I think that'll be really, really interesting. Um, there was. We're going to come to what I discovered an absolutely massive, glaring omission from the list. From 2005? No, not from 2005. Oh, okay. And then also from 2005, what we've already covered: "Extraordinary Machine" by Fiona Apple. Yeah. So, um, big, big year for uh, big hip hop records. You got any records for 2005 that you think should be on the list? Probably should ask you this. Research-wise. <laughs> yeah, this is the sort of question so I you can look at. The... What about these? Silent before Alarm the by Block Party. Not on yeah. the list. You dig that? Of course. Demon Days by Gorillaz. I wasn't big on Gorillaz, but okay. Oh. I'm Wide Awake It's Morning by Bright Eyes. I wasn't really a Bright Eyes head at the time. Employment by Kaiser Chiefs. I've never heard that record. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, I'm a big 2005 guy. I was uh, 12. So that's just when your brain's opening up. And it's also been 14 and you're like getting any stuff and people are like, remember that record for two years ago? Right, guys? You're like, oh. Right, okay. I don't think that happened to me. How old were you in 2005? Uh, I would have been 16. But I had, by the time I was 16, oh. I had been 14. Interesting. For for a whole year. And I, yeah, I, I would have been 12 before that. You would have been in a 2003 type shit. At, at some point. When you were 16. <laughs> you think? Yeah, everyone's just two years behind. 
at some point. I'm I, uh, at the moment. I'm really concerned about the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, yeah, man. I think, I think it's going to mess a bunch of people's brains up. Right. Let's get into the background of uh, background of MIA. No, do I call it that? Well, no. It's we have a jingle for it. It's like the famous secret post show. It's a secret post show. You don't have, no, but I had an idea for secret post show. Maybe it's like um, the song only happens when it's true. And then it's satisfying to hear the song. What do you think? But then what happens to no basho? Oh yeah, okay. Secret basho, secret secret basho. You do it fast and it feels like not show. Got no money, you got dust bro. Secret basho. Now please be um, forgiving with my pronunciation um, here. I'm going to try my hardest. MIA born uh, Mathangi Arul Pragasam. Give it another bash. I feel like if you just give it another go, it would be better than that, even though that was good. Mathangi Arul Pragasam. Yeah. The confidence comes through. But known as, as Maya, Maya. Um, she was born in London. Um, her dad, Arul Pragasam, was a Sri Lankan Tamil engineer, writer, and activist. So when I first saw this, right, mm-hmm. when I first opened her Wikipedia, first thing I see, dad's name in blue hyperlink. <laughs> I'm like, we've got a secret posture on our hands. No. I could not have been more wrong. Six months after being born, uh, her family moved back to Sri Lanka, uh, an area called Jaffna, um, where her dad joined a political organization called Eros, and they were affiliated with the Tamil Tigers, a sort of militant uh, group some would consider a terrorist group. I wouldn't, I don't think. You don't think so? Oh, it's very delicate. They did assassinate some people. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, for good reason. Yeah, so the Tamil people of Sri Lanka are, are you know, are much, um, as we, as has already been mentioned, um, there has been a, a, a genocide uh, uh, to the people. And uh, being a Tamil person in Sri Lanka uh, during this period would have been incredibly awful. I think is uh, the best words I can say. Sorry, I'm giggling at my own inability to articulate just how dreadful that existence would have been when you've got a uh, a, a a Sri Lankan government basically out out to kill you and ethnic cleanse. Um, they were uh, they were displaced during the Sri Lankan civil war and they had to go into hiding um, from the army because of her dad's political activity. MIA said that the army would sometimes turn up and just shoot through the windows at her school. Um, she was uh, taught when at school how to hide under the desk so not to get shot or to run to the nearby um, English-speaking school where the army did not shoot. During this time, um, she lived on the road, like literally on the road with her extended family. Um, her dad was not about much. When she was nine, her school was blown up by the government during a raid. And eventually they found their way back to the UK um, as refugees and were housed in a housing estate. Mm-hmm. A, a, pretty, a pretty rough one. When you click on the housing estate, um, the word slum is used a lot. Okay, This is an area in London. She didn't speak English, taught herself English, you know, living in England and at school. And, uh, you know, this is the 80s. So you can imagine being the only Asian family on a housing estate that is rough as fuck in London. The kind of racism that uh, she would undergo there. She said her introduction to punk music was a punk um, spitting beer into her face as a young child. Dude, no posho. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no posho on this one. Yeah, pretty wild. Well. I mean, there's a story in the documentary about like um, living in the council f- in the in the slum. What's it called? The tower. The council council estate. Yeah, I can't remember what phrase she used. Is she's in a rent. And um, she's like in bed and she's listening to like Madonna on a wee stereo. And then the next night she comes home and uh, people are just like ripping all this shit out of her house. And she's like, that's my that's my radio. And they're like, nah, that's nah, not. And she's like, all right. And then she gets in her bed and she's never slept hearing the actual sounds before. And she hears somebody's like hip hop coming through for their flat. And she's like, that's not bad either. That kind of influences the sound on our music. Oh, okay. That kind of like hip hop heard through the walls. Hip hop heard through walls. Missing Madonna. That's how I would describe it. Mm. What an insane life. Yeah, and so how did she, you know, come to be MIA? Well, she she basically talked herself into St Martin's College, the famous art school in London. She studied sculpture at St Martin's College. That's where I. This is quite a long quote, but I'd like to read it because I think it's really interesting. Right. Um... 
Um, I really wanted to study art. And the only place I wanted to go is St. Martin's because it's the best one in England. But I didn't have any qualifications. So I got the name of the head of the art department and just rang him every single day at like 1.37pm just as he was biting into his sandwich. I'd say, hi, this is Mayor. I really have to go here. He laughed at me and put the phone down, telling me how 16,000 people apply for 20 places, go through six interviews to get in, that you can't just waltz in. I told him, I'm not going to study anywhere else, so if I don't come here, I'll just become a hooker, and that I'd rather do anything than compromise my education. Nothing he told me could turn me away, so eventually he let me in. He said, I've got chutzpah, and maybe the person to change something about the institution was someone who had to go, who someone who had chutzpah, because everyone else had conformed and filled out the application form six times to get into an institution that was supposed to teach people about becoming unconventional. Yeah, I mean, you meet people who go to art school, and um, they're not artists. Mm. All right, listen, I'm an artist. I got a podcast where I listen to albums. All right, I tell stories about my <laughs> balls and my girlfriend. All right. I'm a fucking artist. And you meet these cunts just because they paint. Come on. It's a pretty inspirational story, though, I think. Some people are just wired for wired for success. You know, people like that, her, and like you watch Kanye West documentary yeah. on Netflix, just now, genius. Yeah, yeah, people like, like me as well, yeah. Wake up, rise and grind, um, get annoyed because the podcast is an hour late. But it's not even rise and grind, it's not like some Sigma mindset thing where you're doing American Psycho skin uh, you want to hear my morning routine i wake up at 4 a.m every morning <laughs> i drink eight coffees <laughs> i go for a run on the beach and because of yeah, the eight I'm coffees good. i have constant diarrhea whilst i'm running so I, I shit i shit down my legs as i'm running i then go for a long shower to wash the cake shit off my legs <laughs> and then i crash after the coffee i go back to sleep for 12 hours and i'll wake up and record a podcast it's called the sigma grand set to bro it's called the cmb method and that's why we are in sync. <laughs> um, she she said she found St. Martin's uh, uninspiring and uh, and pretentious. She was the only not white person there. She said, "Yeah, and uh, um, yeah, all these artists creating stuff basically just for other artists to look at, uh, and not really connecting with what was happening in the world." Reminds me of the Edinburgh Fringe. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, you like that joke about comedy? That's interesting. The day she got her degree, she found out that her relative had been shot in Sri Lanka. So she wanted to go back and document the struggle of the Tamil people, uh, make a film about it, went back and recorded uh, hours and hours of uh, footage, of interviews and other documentary footage, but came back and found she couldn't really use it for anything. Um, this was just after 9-11 had happened. So anything sort of, you know, perceived to be terrorism adjacent was, you know, untouchable. So she took some stills from the footage and turned them into art, which she then graffitied and then was nominated for the Alternative Turner Prize. Um, mm -hmm. So she has a background in art more than music. And via this uh, her, uh, artistic side, yeah, um, she met Damon Alban whilst at, uh, an, went to see Air with Damon Alban. The French duo of electro popsters and that is who i am shocked that moon safari by air is not on the list yeah, that's wild yeah that like genuinely that's a massive album isn't it that's like that's the one with sexy boy which is arguably my theme tune kelly kelly touch but mostly sexy yeah, it's like a bible for electro heads. That album. I'm, I was actually amazed it's not on there because if you look on the Wikipedia for Moon's Fire by Air, there's a list of like the lists of which it's been included. This on. is one of the few electronic albums on this list, but we'll get into why I think this is on this list as opposed to other stuff. Yeah, I actually was like, maybe one of the Moon Safari guys have been cancelled or something, and that's not on the list because I couldn't think of any other reason why that's here. And fucking, it doesn't make any sense though because Phil Spector's on it twice. Is he cancelled? He's literally dead. I can't, I can't remember anything <laughs> before ten minutes ago. So, when she was at the air concert with Damon Albarn, uh, she met Justin Fr Justine Frischman of Elastica. Super Pasho, super super Pasho. You do a fast and it feels like Nacho got no money. You got Dash Bro secret Pasho. 
You know about this? No, well, I don't know what you're going to say. So, Wellum, William Frischman, CBE, FICE, Fistrupti, Frang is a British engineer, the former chairman of the internationally recognised firm of consulting engineers, Pell Freshman, and generally considered to be one of the foremost engineers of his generation, due to his reputation gained on technically groundbreaking developments, including the Centre Point, Tower 42, and Draper's Gardens. Wow. Posho. Just, so Elastica, you've been poshoed. You've just been very, poshoed. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, that got on, and uh, that's great, by the way. I really enjoyed that. Surprise secret posh show halfway mm. through the episode. Well done. They, they got on, and Justine asked Maya to join them for the North American tour and document it for a film. The support act on that uh, tour was Peaches. You remember Peaches? I am a huge Peaches head. Sucking on my titties my like, like you want it. Me, calling me all the time. Fuck the pain away. Fuck the pain away. Fuck the pain away. Chris is tapping his titties. Fuck the pain away. Yeah. I love um, that bit in Lost in Translation where they go to the strip club and the women's doing all the sexy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know? This is a very horny film. But it's cool because a woman made it. I think this is such an interesting aspect of it. I'm glad you brought up Peachy's opening for Justine Freshman and Elastica on the tour. Because seeing that documentary, that mm-hmm. hour and a half documentary by MIA, about mm-hmm. MIA, mm-hmm. even though... Her music is clearly ripping off Peaches more than it's ripping off Elastica. Peaches doesn't get a fucking mention. In That's interesting. Yeah, because, because Peaches introduced her to the uh, the, the Roland MC five hundred five. Yeah, which is the the sort of basically the instrument that is the background of this entire album. That's like if Eddie Van Halen gave you your fucking first guitar, and then you were like, "Yeah, I was on tour with uh, Black Sabbath, and that's where I learned how to do rock and roll music in America in 1972. It's like you were fucking Van Halen was there as well. I'm glad I brought up Peaches because it is it is home to my uh, YouTube comment of the week. <laughs> um... <laughs> It's a comment on Fuck the Pain Away by Peaches. Uh-huh. I heard this song at Deja Vu Showgirls in Seattle, the club on First Avenue downtown, on a Thanksgiving weekend years ago. Oh. Still brings back memories. <laughs> Snakes. That's cool, yeah. He went to a strip club on Thanksgiving and uh, listened to the song, and, and it's a nice memory. You know, it's, it's a simple comment this week, but it gave me some joy. Kurt Vonnegut once said... Nothing sums up this podcast more than the pivot from me sarcastically reading a YouTube comment from an early noughties Electro Clash song to you quoting Kurt Vonnegut. I just think that's important to note. I think Kurt Vonnegut, I can't remember the exact quote Kurt Vonnegut said, but he said, the whole point of being alive is to build communities so that young people can fight loneliness. And him talking about listening to this great piece of music in a strip club and, and to Thanksgiving. Beautiful. I'm struggling to see the correlation, but it's that's a, fine. It's, that's all a strip club is. It's a place to fight loneliness, isn't it? And horniness. Let's not forget horniness. The ugly stepbrother to loneliness. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. It sure is. <laughs> the, ugly, the ugly sister to loneliness is Cinderella, for sure. Yeah. A man, his YouTube comment was a guy called Richard McCreeth. Underneath the full version of the MIA documentary that you can just watch on YouTube, it's like an hour and a half. It's up there. It says trailer, but it's an hour and a half, and you're like, what the fuck? And then you watch it, and you're like, oh, someone stuck the full documentary on YouTube. So Richard McCreef, underneath that, said, I am the next new superstar. I have a lot to say since 1964 to 1974 to 1984, and presently now, would you be my manager? And I was like, what? (laughs) So... If he was born in 1964, that means he's a 58-year-old man mm. looking for representation. <laughs> are you going to take, take him on? I don't know. So I went on his YouTube page, his about page, and there's no videos. <laughs> but he, oh, wow. He's subverting the medium. He self-describes as the hidden one or one who keeps away from the masses of the people. Ozuma Exodus. So I googled Ozma Exodus because I never heard that phrase before, and I found uh, I found Richard's two Instagram pages. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sort of research we do for this podcast. Well, one of them was private. We just but... stalk stalk YouTube commenters. <laughs> we hunt them down like gingers. Yeah, and blow them up. 
This is main one's private, but his backup one said in the description for that. Zim, Ozuma, Exodus, the hidden one. Ask my dead mother and father. What the fuck? So, there's some crazy people out there, man. If you want to go and find them. It sounds like clues from the Zodiac Killer. No, I wouldn't be surprised if I die. If I die in the week after this, it was it was Ozuma Exodus who did it, okay? A.K.A. Richard McCree. <laughs> so, M.I.A. took the name uh, M.I.A., which is uh, obviously you know well known to be short for missing missing in action, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes she would say it was missing in Acton, which is where she was based in West London. Ah. So, uh, so clever little honey, yeah. And uh, yeah, this album was was the the result of the first uh, recording sessions with her uh, Roland MC five hundred five. It is a massive combination of different musical genres from around the world, which makes sense for someone you know. From Sri Lanka, who moved to the UK. Not just the UK, but also West London. You know, it's a melting pot. Yeah, there's all, all kinds of stuff on this album. There's dancehall, jungle. There's Brazilian like music. It's it's. You know, I I think that this is mm, what's the best way to word this. I think this does more. What? <laughs> I haven't finished the sentence yet. <laughs> Stop halfway through a sentence. Does this more? I'm trying to choose my words carefully. What? What? I guess what I'm trying to say is, it's like a, a modern day Graceland, right? No. What do you mean? It's not like a wee white guy from New York dressing up musically as South Africa. Okay. Let me finish my point. Okay. Yeah. Sure. This is why I was using the word more. Oh. Because okay. I was. It does more for the. Um, I, I, what I'm trying to say is I think it's more legitimate than Graceland in, in, a, in a modern way because it is pop music that combines many different types of world music um, to make a new thing, which is what Paul Simon was trying to do. However, he, you know, kind of stole it and did it for himself. Okay, I'm going to give you a quiz. There's a lot of phrases popped up on this record that I wasn't familiar with, but I know that you, in the past, have, I don't want to say claimed, claim and implies that you, I disagree with what you said. But, you know, you, you say you like dancehall music. Bashment, you've called it. Right. Yeah, so I'm going to give you a quiz. No, not to test you, just a fun thing to explore. This doesn't type. sound fun. Okay. Quiz! I just want to just add some context here mm-hmm. to people who maybe haven't heard us talk about Bashment before, which uh, was in the... Um, what episode was that in that we spoke about that? It would have been either Daddy Yankee. But Daddy Yankee, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I believe what I would have said was that when I was at college, there were a lot of kids who listened to Bashment, which I quite enjoyed hearing. Uh-huh. I I don't I did not claim to be an expert. <laughs> All right, well, I heard some. I'm going to just come out and say I heard some words and phrases on this record that I wasn't familiar with, and I thought maybe Liam will know. He knows about stuff. Clever guy. Okay, right. I mean that sounds better. Okay. Okay, so quiz. What does this word mean? You're gonna test me on slang. Uh-huh. Sri Lankan hip hop slang. And pull up the people. MIA says, Slang Tam, that's that MIA thing. I got the bobs to make you blow. I got the beats to make you bang, bang, bang. What does slang tang mean? So can you say the sentence? Slang tang, that's that MIA thing. Sling. Slang tang, that's that MIA. Stop, stop saying it weird. I'm trying to understand. So you're saying sling ting, right? Slang tang. Sling. Slang. Slang tang. I'm not saying it weird. It's called an accent, right? Just because you don't have an accent. No, I'm just trying to fully understand oh, okay. what you're okay. saying. Is Sorry, I'm defending. There is so much pent up frustration in this week's episode. Slang tang. Well, I mean, I would guess you know to to sling is to sell sell drugs, right? And ting is a, a thing, but it's also the name of a popular um, fizzy drink in tang. Tang. Yeah, not I don't tang. know. I don't know. It's a form of Jamaican digital dance hall. It's the first entirely computerized rhythm. I don't like saying rhythm. Yeah, I know. I think we've said that before. Mm. Okay. I think you have to spell some of these words for me. Okay. S L E N G T A. Boy, too late now. Okay. We'll do the sure. next one. Okay. Boo. Number two. In sun showers, M I A raps. Quit bending all my fango. Quit beating me like your ringo. You want to go? You want to win a war like PLO? I don't surrender. Who is PLO? Like like PLO, um, the the People's Liberation 
of the people's liberation of the people's liberation of yeah quite an right. unnamed country <laughs> <laughs> people always do that when they try to liberate because yeah, yeah. don't don't put in where we're from well, they're trying to liberate from the country that they're in so it hasn't got a name yet do you know what i'm gonna give you it because you said liberation <laughs> It's the Palestine Liberation Organization. I thought you were better than okay. that. I thought that was yeah, just because okay. you were behind. But okay. Three. On this record, there's a song called Galang. What does Galang mean? Galang, Galang. Yeah, I don't know. It's Caribbean slang for go along, meaning behave. Right, okay. So, uh, Galang, get out of here. Oh, yeah, You're yeah. right. It's like scram, basically. Would you say scram to tell someone behave? If I was, like when, uh, when Bertie was barking just there, would you have shouted scram at her? Scrammy's was, get out of here. No, I mean, my culture would say something else. But if I was a 1930s New York shopkeep and there was some kids playing with a stick and a wheel outside my house and I was trying to sell meat, you know, I'd be scram. So it's like right. galang. No, I think that's different, but okay, go on. Okay. Behave. Get out of here. Go along. No, you're, you're, saying, you're saying different words if they're the same thing, but they're not. Behave. Go along. They're, they're different things. Yeah. But scram <laughs> means behave, I think, to I an extent. Think it does. Okay. No, but okay. That's your, that's your opinion. <laughs> Did you like uh, the songs on this record? Did Is you that the it? end of the quiz? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only put three in because it's a lot of research I was doing. Yeah. Yes, okay. Um, so, did you like the album? Actually, uh, before we get there, a little segment okay. I like to do every week. Two guys reviewing tattoos. We're gonna Google image searching and we're choosing first. Tattoo boohoo, or tattoo boohoo. We're judging the ink, yeah, that's what we do. do, do, do. Full sleeve or face, that's mixed coloring. Bash your pinky. A dragon or a skull. Pretentious or doll. You cannot hide. We will decide if it's tattoo boohoo or tattoo According to Tadler.com, MIA does not have tattoos. However, in 2011, MIA did an interview with the rapper Swizz Beats and said... He's a good interviewer. You think so? Yeah, he's really good. Swizz Beats. you never seen any Swizz Beats interviews? Uh, I think he's good on some of Kenny's uh, albums he's on there, I think. He was, she was looking at Swizz Beats' arms because he's a very heavily tattooed guy. And she said... I'm going to get on there. I'm going to design a tattoo. Right. That's the last she spoke about the top subject, but that was that was eleven years ago. So she'd been busy with the documentary, probably. Design. I mean, she she went to art school, I guess. So I think that's probably fine. To do video design. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of a yeah. unless she unless they've invented technology to put videos on people's arms, and they will. Trust Eventually. me. Yeah, someone's been playing cyberpunk. Yeah, actually, recently. Still shite. Uh, so what do you think of the, the cover to this album? Because obviously MIA is an artist, so you would expect it to have a... They're uh, all artists. Suicide like, was artists. Yeah, okay, but um, but MIA specifically has created visual award-nominated visual art. Um, I feel like before. nominations for awards are just kind of dick-sucking contests, you know, so it doesn't really merit any kind of worth to my mind. You don't think that her... her art that she was nominated for is is worthy of i think her art's great but it's not that she, award that makes it worth sure yeah, just so argumentative today I'm about, not argumentative. Absolute, about absolutely nothing no 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 i just i'm just you know i'm respectful of the plight of the tamil people and some other people aren't i'm not saying you aren't i'm saying other people but like we're, we're trying to discuss about the what we think of the album cover and a really easy way to get into that <laughs> is to say mia herself is a celebrated visual artist. So she's created, obviously, her own art for the sleeve. Let's discuss it. And every word I say is somehow being picked apart for needless arguments about nothing. The one thing I like about the cover is at the bottom of the cover, and I guess the issue with this segment is that it, the, the album cover is like a visual thing, but this is an audio podcast. So maybe this won't come across. But at the bottom of the well, album Well, we've managed cover, to make 80 episodes of uh, a podcast <laughs> about music that people can't hear, so I I, rec- I back us. I think people can hear it if they want, if they had two phones. Well, people can look at it on the one phone if they want. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Google it and then tell me what you think. But it says, at the bottom of the record, it says, U-R-A-Q-T. Then it says, Bucky Dungan. 
Then it says, pull up the people. And then it says, galang. And I think it's so cool that she's just wrote the best songs of the record and put them at the bottom of the album on the front cover. It's interesting, isn't it? That um, they would name like four songs and not the rest as if to say, this is what the album, this is the good, good stuff. This is, this is good bits. And she's right. Those are the best songs, aren't it? So there's a lot of, there's like uh, sort of stenciled graffiti imagery of tanks and uh, machine guns. Can you clear something up for me? It's quite a clever, smart guy. I don't know, because I feel like anything I say, you're going to go, no, actually, that's wrong. <laughs> What's the difference between graffiti and graffito? Graffito? I don't know what that is. No, I'm struggling. I keep seeing graffito recently. It's in Disco Elysium, and then it was in a, a festival confession from a couple of nights ago, and I'm thinking, God, these... these... Oh, and it was in that book I'm reading, Mayflies by Andrew O'Hagan, and I was like, everybody's talking about graffito these days, you know what? Graffito. No, I don't know. One of our listeners will have to tell you. Thank you. Please uh, message me on enjoyanalbum at gmail.com. It's kind of a collage of like different um, flags. There's some Arabic writing. Um, so I think it's a fair representation of what you can expect from the album. Like it's very vibrant, bright colours, but um, it's, you know, slightly, I guess, not to say controversial imagery, but like it, 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 the suggestion is this, guns out, and tanks. this is, this is going to be political, uh-huh. you know. But the whole thing with this album is that uh, it's like MIA's sort of uh, artistic vision is to make danceable club pop mm-hmm. about incredibly difficult, unspoken about subjects, mm. um, which, I mean, I think she achieves totally. 100%. Not to uh, continually beat the same drum over and over again, but it does remind me of System of a Down, which had a similar thing where they wanted to talk about Armenian genocide. But they also wanted to do red hot mush bangers for goths yeah. with chain wallets. And uh, they just completely nailed it. It reminds me, and there's a bit in one of the Chuck Lossman's book where he's talking about Rage Against the Machine, and he's like, yeah, as a bit of a criticism against him, he was like, yeah, they wrote Killing in the Name of about, you know, and they wrote albums about like Sandinistas. But what people, when it was like, fuck you, I want to do what you tell me, were they thinking about the, the police state or were they talking about like the homework? Do you know what I mean? When it said, fuck you, I want to do you tell me, were they really, was the 14 year olds thinking about the Zapatista movement? Probably not. Right. Okay. So I didn't know any of this. I mean, when I had paper planes when I was a wee guy, I wasn't thinking about that song's about like the immigrant experience of moving to a big city and white people thinking that you're evil and you're like, no, nah, I'm just trying to. But that thing you said about killing in the name of is, is basically. You're saying that people can interpret things as being about other things. Yeah, and they're wrong. It's fine to be wrong, but I know stuff, and I'm going to shout at you until you submit to the will of my authority. Not my authority, my intelligence. Uh, what was that thing I was going to say about this? Oh, yeah, paper planes. Because like, I, I then realised it was like sarcastic, and I was like, all I want to do, and I, take your money. I thought it was like sincere. It's kind of a parody of like a, a gangster song, isn't it? About what a sample, that Clash sample. Holy moly! There's a reference yeah. to the Clash in this record. We've talked about London Calling in one of the songs, but yeah, see yeah. that? Oh my god! Had you heard that song "Straight to Hell" by the Clash? The samples? No, I hadn't. No, did I? It sucks. But that yeah. bit that it samples is class, and it's just that perfect hip hop thing of taking. The one wee bit of a kind of shit song and finding that one jewel and then making a whole song out of the good bit from a bad song. That's just world class. The whole album was delayed because of the sample in URA Cutie. The Quincy is a Quincy Jones sample that they couldn't get clearance from. So it's delayed by nearly a year. I think she thought you are a cutie because that's the first song she puts down at the bottom. I think she thought you are a cutie was going to be a big hit. Yeah. And it sounds like it's like an underground artist's idea of, like, a big pop song. But it's, I mean, it's not great compared to, like, Galang Alang. I pull up the people who are Bucky Dung Bucky Dung Gun. Bucky Dung Gun. I need to make a sound. New York. Na, 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 I need Bucky Dung Gun. That's cool. I love it, man. That, that's, I, I was aware of that song. Galang Galang, I remember. Galang Galang Galang. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Love that. Love the chanting in this record. Mm-hmm. Especially in Hombre. Hey, hey, hey. Love that. Yeah, you were doing that before the uh, 
Well, it's been in my head. That's been an ear. That's been earwormed uh, all week. I don't think I'd heard any of this really before. Uh, before this the, week, the different styles that it, it they manage, she manages to fuse together fairly seamlessly, make, makes this like a pretty fascinating record to listen all the way through. The different, yeah, different musical genres that you hear merging to basically create new music is it's really amazing. Did the production by Diplo Diplo outed person Diplo affect your enjoyment a outed person he's been outed as a person what do people think a, he was previously confirmed person unfortunately mm, yeah, no he's, that, that sounds like we're kind of like hey we're all people will do stuff that's not what I'm coming across as he's like uh, a sexual harasser I believe he's been me too as they say has he really I didn't know that I think so anyway it's really funny because one good thing about not that he's a sexual criminal what's really funny is the good thing about the MIA documentary is a lot of times there's not like a voiceover telling you that someone's a fucking idiot they'll just show you a person being stupid so there's a bit in an article I was reading by MIA or with MIA and she's talking about how oh the first two years where I blew up in America with Arula and Maya it was kind of ruined by the fact that I was going out with this guy called Diplo who was like not successful but he knew people so he would be like i would be in the front cover of like a magazine and he'd be like you don't want to be in the front cover of a magazine you're like an underground artist you're like selling yourself out so he just like was a manipulative bastard and like ruined the enjoyment of it she wouldn't he wouldn't let her enjoy anything because he was a controlling manipulative uh, boyfriend right okay who also produced a lot of songs and stuff right but there's a bit in the documentary where it shows m.a on TRL, Total Request Live, and she's like, yeah, no, I just want to talk about, like, the Tamil people, and then you hear, like, a noise in the background, and the, the host's like, who's that over there? And he turned around, and there's this guy at the doorway of TRL going out onto the street, and he's like, well, well, and then she's like, oh, that's my boyfriend, that's Diplo, and they're like, get him in, and he's, like, running up to the camera going like, Whoa. and you're like, so you thought it was embarrassing that she was on the front cover of a magazine but you're showing up to tv recordings with your girlfriend's a guest and run up to the camera and going woohoo woohoo you fucking absolute neek man that's another word i've discovered this week i like it yeah uh, that sounds like um it sounds like he's a creep he's a fucking dick man what was the Diplo song I heard? The Major Laser featuring Diplo was the first time I heard the Diplo, which was a similar kind of thing at this. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I'm aware of Diplo. Um, I would have to dip into his discography to to find which songs I'm familiar with, but um, uh, I don't know. I know he produced this album. I wasn't aware uh, that uh, of that side of things. It's a, a part of my research. That, Let me um, give you some... Uh... Diplo songs that he's produced. I think I'd, I'd rather not dedicate too much time to the sexual abuser in the uh, MIA episode. Let's focus on her. He doesn't deserve our attention. Okay. Marina and the Diamonds. <laughs> A lot of songs. Jesus. But he's dead now, probably, so it's fine. I don't think he's dead. Okay. Uh, we should try to try get some facts correct. I agree. I think we should get a load of facts about what music videos are about. I think we should... Definitely sit down and go. I didn't. I said. I said it could be read as that. It could be uh-huh. read as a. Uh, you know. I didn't say it was about that. Which you can listen back. And, Here's the thing about and, art, Liam. All right. Mm-hmm. It's to be interpreted, right? No. No. It's about one specific thing, and yeah. if you interpret it differently, you're wrong. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, how yeah. art works. <laughs> Have you been to art school? It's funny you're coming around on this now. You've realised. No, I'm not coming around on anything. Right? I'm yeah. saying my sincere opinion. <laughs> art is about one thing and your interpretation doesn't matter you're talking about death of the author I'm talking about death of the fucking guy looking at it <laughs> death Diplo. of the audience yeah I'm talking about death of Diplo again I'll have some deaths in front of the audience I'll tell you that <laughs> <laughs> there's only one proper interpretation of any piece of art and it's is the alarm going off the, the art police are coming to pick me up it's actually a bin man <laughs> so same they're coming thing. to pick me up the same thing <laughs> you like Christopher? Your your hot takes are too honking. We need to pick you up and put you in a bin. Take you down to the recycling plant and turn you into a real human. Liam Withnail, did you this week enjoy an album? Yeah, I think this is really worth your time if you've not sat and listened to it. I think um, the uh, mixture of the 
potent political <laughs> lyricism and the fusion of different world music genres, to use a not very politically correct uh, genre phrase, makes something really unique and interesting. And it's poppy as well. It's fun to listen to. You know, a lot of time music about stuff like this is dreary and depressing because they are about dreary and depressing things. But there's good pop hooks on a lot of this. And it is a little bit of a time portal to the early noughties. Electro Clash. And uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's great. I think the more you read about MIA, the more you, well, if you listen to this podcast anyway, um, find her politics um, interesting. Although... Before I ask you if you enjoyed an album, I did find one thing that she said that I was like, let's hear it. Early 2020, she tweeted about the dangers of 5G and said, in 10 years, all of us will mutate into radioactive cyborgs. Yeah. And said that she's basically an anti-vaxxer as well. When is this going to get controversial? (laughs) Yeah, okay. Just another thing that me and you don't see eye to eye on anymore. Listen, I sabotage 5G towers. Yeah. All right. With your with your scolding hot takes. <laughs> I go up to them and I go, "What's your interpretation of the Born Free video?" And, and they, they just don't agree. They bust just out flames. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, that's one of my powers. <laughs> I'm like, if I was an X Men, it would be bad music criticism, man. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, I just want to distance myself from the colonial colonist language that Liam used uh, by referring to world music, um, as if he's not part of the world. He's some perfect Aryan alien who floats above the earth. On a sword-shaped fucking spaceship. I mean, I picked up on myself, and it is a, <laughs> it is a phrase that's used within music, isn't it? So, I don't know what is your fucking problem today. We're lucky we're in different cities, because I wouldn't bitch slap you. Sorry to use sexist language. <laughs> wow. <laughs> sexist spaceship as well. Hey, Chris, did you enjoy an album? Well, yes. It's very fun. It's very cool. It's talking about a lot of interesting stuff. I think the way on the album cover where it's like childish scrapbook style bootleg-ish stuff. Like I think that's what the, the song titles on the album is. It's like, hey, this isn't my album. This is like, I've stole this album and I'm selling it on the street. Here's the good songs on it. But it's also like, hey, the, the scrapbook images are like guns and tanks and bombs, to quote the wolf tones. So, you know, it's like a war zone pop music. It feels very futuristic, I think. It doesn't feel like it's for... 20 years ago sounds good yeah that's a good point it is um because of it's such a unique style of music it's fairly or at least up until this point you know nearly 20 years later um fairly timeless it seems yeah. at the moment as well as well as sort of goes against what i said of it being important to early the early noughties but um it does still sound relevant i guess is the point and it does kind of encapsulate that thing that i think of like i was kind of shocked to see it on the list just because it's such an american list and i didn't know maya broke over there but obviously she did um, with Slumdog Millionaire and Pineapple Express, two very good films. I'm a filmo, so I like these things. Interesting, you love Pineapple Express, even though it features cancelled James Franco. Secret creeper. I still like Spider Man 1, 2, and 3 because I'm a filmo. He's in them. Personally, I've, I've taken uh, my DVD copies of Spider Man 1, 2, and 3 <laughs> and I've. Uh, Nailed them to a nearby lamppost. Where I've taken them back to the criteria and cupboard, right? <laughs> and I've said, "Take them back. Not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the bicycle thief, please. Swapping it in." But I do think one of the reasons it's on the list, and one of the reasons it was number one album, two thousand and six, even though it came out two thousand and five in America, it was like uh, it drew with like Amy Winehouse. It was number one in Amy Winehouse, number two in the Rolling Stones album of that year, and it's like, well, obviously because. Such a good story. And how easy is this week been? Not obviously dealing with me has been difficult, but how easy has it been to research it and find interesting stuff to talk about with the Tamil Tigers and shit? Yeah. And people getting blown up. And obviously that's terrible, but it is interesting as well. Versus Los Lobos. I mean, they had their own struggle, but they were not saying it in a very uh, powerful way. Or, or, or Yola Tengo. No, that was um, a great week. I loved that. Oh my God. What a great album, record. but like the story isn't as... As fascinating as... They're dead. What? Mr. McGee, what are you talking about? It's not the same as living on the streets of northern Sri Lanka, though. Well, that's why, that's why music journalists get it. Sometimes the story is more important, and it's hard to get noticed if you don't have a cool story. But she does have a cool story. And it's also, it's like, she didn't make the story up. You know, it's a real story, so you can't but I would, I would also say, though, that break, break into the music industry as a non-posho, but also a woman of colour, 
um, you have to be pretty exceptional beyond your story musically uh, for people to pay attention as well. You have to be undeniable. Yeah. And she was. But then she got denied eventually. We didn't really get into that, but music, everyone, everyone kind of turned against her at some point. Well, four days after recording, but one week before the episode is released, her new album is coming out. Is it? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, pretty relevant. And the documentary came out last year. I'm excited to hear the new stuff. So every week we add two songs to the ever-growing Enjoy an Album uh, companion playlist, Enjoy mm-hmm. a Playlist. You can access it at enjoyaplaylist.st. Thank you, Mega Slippers. should open on your Spotify or iTunes. Um, or Apple Music as it's now called Grandad it, uh, it has you know, 20 hours of music on it uh, two songs from each album we've covered so far and two songs inspired by our conversation Chris what song would you like to add to the playlist from the album this week pull up the people pull up the people pull up the poor pull up the people pull up the poor I mean that's okay. extremely sick shit it's a fun song I like mm-hmm. it I'm going to stick on Hombre because I've had that earworm oh yeah Hey, hey. All week, I love it. It's a good noise, and I like calling people hombre. I would happily put on Galang as well. I think it's great. Bucky Dungan's class as well. There's loads of good songs in this. It's fun. It's a good album. It's not too yeah. long. It's just a good album, and it's nice to have some electronic stuff in it. There's not, you know, a rock band playing guitar music. As much as I love rock bands playing guitar music, it'd be nice to have some air on the playlist, maybe. You know. Or on the list. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. What is your playlist choice that is not from the record that is inspired by the conversation we have had? So, I've written down two songs. I'm not going to put two? both on. I'm not going to put them both on. Just do one, please. I'm just going to mention one. And don't say two, because we don't like that here. I was going to decide which one to choose based on our conversation. Hmm. So the two songs I've written down are Peaches, Fuck the Pain Away, and Air, Kelly Touched the Stars. And I thought then maybe you would choose one of those songs yourself. Uh, and you've just mentioned Air, so I'm going to put on Peaches, Fuck the Pain Away. Class. Here's how I've tricked you. I was going to put Peaches, Fuck the Pain Away. But I knew you would try and put that on because you also brought up Peaches and that's her only good song. But I don't know that other Air song you're talking about. I want to put on Sexy Boy. But yeah. Sexy boy. Sexy boy. That's what you I never sang. listened to Moon Safari, the whole album? Yeah, I mean, when, 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 me, and, when me and Sam were driving up to um, Fort William or whatever, we stuck on. I, I was trying to be like, hey, here's some albums that people think are good. And I stuck on Moon Safari. And then she was like, oh no, that song, Sexy Boy. And that's kind of my. No, you've anthem. confused yourself. That's what she was calling you, and she was talking about a different song on the album. Um, oh no, that song, Sexy Boy, that's called <laughs> Kelly Touched the Stars. But she does call me Sexy Boy, so it's nice. <laughs> if I walk in a room with not, no shirt on, she'll be like, Sexy Boy. It's just a nice thing we have, you know. I'm a sexy boy. Who, who and actually, do you know what? I'm going to take that off, and I'm going to put on Sexy Boy by Shawn Michaels. No, um, too late. Um, ah, ah, ah. No, too late. Kid. It's air. I know yeah, I'm sexy. Boy. I got the looks. That's not, not going on. You've already put a wrestling. You've already ruined wild. the playlist enough of your wrestling I think there's trash. About three wrestling songs on the playlist. Yes. No more. That's air sexy boy going on the playlist. Thank okay. you. Um, who, who? I'm excited for next week. You know why? Can I show it you? Yes. No, I don't know why. Because it's uh, number four twenty on the list. Oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> Moroccan hashish. Oh, that's spice, bro. Oh my god. That's a bong noise. Wow. Whoa. I'm so high right now. You know what it's like when you're high? I feel like Kermit the Frog. I'm at a green. I'm smoking man. That was a good clip. (laughs) What's next on the list, Liam? I don't fucking know. We might not tell I get there. So next week it's 4.20. You're quite right. Smoking hash, blazing it, crazing it. We are the Blazing Squad. But next week it's not Blazing Squad. Uh, it's on the 500 greatest albums of all time. 
It's Earth, Wind and Fire, I just remembered. With their hit album, That's the Way of the World. And <laughs> I'm excited for that. That's the way of the world? That's the way of the world. That's it? the way of the world. Right. What, that, what do you think I said? I thought you said that's the way of the world. I thought you just stopped a sentence halfway that's through. That's the like, way of the like, world. It's like the people's liberation of. PLO. I thought PLO was, when she said that, I thought it was said in P&O, like the... The ferry cruise, company. The ferry company, yeah. Like, P&O, we don't surrender. It's like, I guess they don't surrender. Yeah, who would they surrender to? They're, the, uh, well, the they're, they're, I mean, you, know, you surrender to Cthulhu as the giant octopus whacks its limbs around you and drags you down to the ocean depths. A little bit of light-hearted uh, surrealism from Liam to finish the podcast. Uh, <laughs> quite frankly, I enjoy it. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you... <laughs> I forgot what octopus arms are called. I said limp. What are they? Tentacles. Tentacles. Come on, Tentacles. Liam. Come on. Tentacles. That's who P&O would surrender to if they were in the... Cthulhu's uh... tentacles. Kraken would be more appropriate, I think. Who's, oh. who's Cthulhu? Cthulhu is the Lovecraftian ancient god who lies at the very bottom of the ocean. Right. But it's not his tentacles that are the issue. He is an octopus-shaped... I mean, listen, I'm being too pedantic here. Yeah, I just googled Cthulhu, and I'm seeing a giant fucking octopus freak with with tentacles te- tentacles on his head. So why don't you shut the fuck up? The issue with Cthulhu, for me, is that, yes, he has tentacles on his head, but his threat to humanity isn't his tentacles. It's the fact that if you observe him, you go insane because he is an unknowable terror. Do you think he would use his tentacles in a destructive way, though? No. That's mad. All right. <laughs> You're thinking about the Kraken. Anyway, it's been a great week. Thank you so much for listening to Joy I hope you, as a listener, has been as frustrated by Christopher's behaviour as I have this week. I, I, I strongly predict that people are going to come out on my side of this episode of you being Let's uh, put a pull up. unworkable dickhead. <laughs> because you've really tested my patience this week. And I can't tell how much of it is for content and how much of it is just you and your poor life skills. My life skills? Yes. Okay. Next week... Earth, Wind and Fire, that's the way of. <coughs> I cannot wait for that. Number 420, so we are going to get high as That's it, yeah, we're going to take some edibles beforehand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's going to be easier to edit than this week's was. 100%. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks to the listener. Thanks, God. Thank you, Cthulhu, for allowing us to live.